Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. So today is Sunday, July 28th, 2019. Um, This is episode 92. It's been a few weeks, I think. Um, Annie was here in the last episode, and now she's out at some EDM party in Belgium or something. But it was nice catching up with her last time, but you have a solo episode again this week, guys. Yeah, so I've been dealing with some personal stuff, so just kind of in a little bit of a funk, but I have my crafting mojo back, I think, so I've been working on a lot of stuff and had a lot going on. You might hear my cat, he's sitting on my lap, he probably will chime in at times. And okay, I guess I'll just get right into knitting and then we can chat later. So I have a couple finished things. I finished my um, Pangera top by Christina Danai in... I used the Plucky Knitter Solo, which is their merino silk base, in Under the Sea, which is a turquoise bluish-green color. And then as my contrast color, I used Malabrigo Mikita in Frank Ochre, which is that mustardy yellow. And it's a... I've been talking about it for like two months. It's a short, cropped, boxy-ish top, has short sleeves, and there is a color work pattern at the bottom, just at the very bottom, you know, like 12 rows. And then at the top has a bit of a boat neck. And then also has that same color work pattern on the little short sleeves. And then it has I-cord bind- cast on in the beginning around the bottom. And then has I-cord bind off around the neckline and also around the sleeves. I knit the medium size, even though I... Medium size? The second size. I made the second size. But I was debating the first size because depending on ease, I probably could have gotten away with either of them. But I kind of liked having a looser one, so I went for the loose one. Which does mean that the bow neck is a little wide on me. But I'm going to be wearing this with a tank top or something under it anyway, so I'm not too worried about like my bra straps showing in the neckline. I'm considering this done, and it's blocked, but as I just tried it on a few minutes ago, I think I might go back and cut off the I-cord cast on at the beginning, at the bottom of the top, and I think I'm going to redo it with a I-cord bind off, which actually takes less time than the cast on, which is annoying because the cast on took forever, but there's just like this extra, this row of really elongated stitches that kind of happens when you do that cast on, and I was worried about it rolling up, and as of right now, it's not rolling. So that's not the problem. It just looks a little sloppy and it kind of flares out a bit. I do think maybe next time I would do my I-cord, even the bind off on a little bit smaller needle because it does have a a little bit of a flare at the very bottom of the top. I knit the whole thing on like a US size 2 maybe, like the 2.5. And And then the color work I went up a size, so that's on 3s. And, you know, it's good I did that because it does have a tendency... my stranded gauge definitely tends to pull in a bit, so I have to go up a, a needle. Um, I don't love how my floats are looking, because there are sections of the color work pattern where you have, like, long floats. So, you know, where I've secured the floats, you know, they kind of peek through, and it makes my knitting a little bit uneven. So, not ideal, but I'm not sure, quite sure how I'd get around that. Even though I've been a little bit interested in learning how to do that, like, jacquard knitting... So I think you basically, instead of just stranding the yarn around the back, it's almost like double knitting where you have the contrast color is almost in a second layer of knitting in the back behind it, and then it doesn't show through. But I think it uses more yarn and it's more thicker. I think it's modified from machine knitting. So I've been tempting to try it, but I don't know that I'd want to do it on a full sweater. Even though I saw somebody's um, bouquet by Junko... Gomoto. I don't know. I don't have that written down right now. Um, and I saw theirs in progress and it seems like maybe that pattern has uses that technique in the pattern. Unless the person on Instagram would just happen to be doing the jacquard knitting by choice instead of in the pattern. I don't know. So that's something for the future. So I'm not sure when I'll re- go back and redo that cast on, but maybe soon. Maybe just to get it done and feel good about it because I, I would wear it as is so that's not a problem but I think it looks a little it'll look a little, little better redoing it so that's Pangera by Christina Denai. um oh and 
talking about that yarn, I feel like people go, sorry about all the traffic. I didn't feel like shutting the windows. It's a little bit warm today. People go crazy for the plucky knitter. And this is my first time using it. I got it actually on sale at Stitches West in 2018. And it's got some unevenly spun sections, I think. Like I didn't quite notice it that much while I was knitting it. I noticed there were some sections that were a little curlier, you know. But I noticed in my stockinette, it looks really uneven. And it's not like I have like the world's most even knitting, but it wasn't until somebody mentioned it on Instagram, I think Holly Yo, um, that designer. So she was mentioning certain yarns, like, like wondering what happens. And it almost looks like there's a row of twisted stitches, but the, all the stitches are made the same. And if you really look closely, it's not twisted, but the there'll be a section of maybe like 10 stitches that will skew to a certain direction. And then the next one looks like they skew the other way, but that's probably just an optical illusion. It did block out a bit. My plain stockinette knitting does look more even in the in the actual finish item, but it's a little weird. Like, and it makes my knitting look not great. And considering that people go crazy for this yarn, I'm a little confused. And I I found a knot in one of the one of the skeins, but I don't know. And it was like at that point, I think it was even knitting, just stocking it in the round. So it really shouldn't be like a rowing out issue it was like just weird little sections of the knitting or the yarn that kind of skewed weird that's just my two cents about that yarn i mean i certainly would knit with it if it's still my stash but i might think twice about buying it and it's applied yarn because i chimed in on her on holly's post saying hey i'm having the same problem and she was like oh well your yarn is called solo i guess it would be a single and then the question is why is this yarn called solo when it's merino and silk and it's a i think at least a two ply it's a multiple plies i don't know i ended up using about one and a half skeins of the main color and less than half a skein of the contrast i think so i haven't done my little i haven't weighed the balls yet to see for my finished ravelry page all right so i think that's all i have to say about pangera I've been doing a lot of spinning because it's Tour de Fleece, and actually I think today is the last day of Tour de Fleece, so I have to do a little bit of spinning this afternoon or this evening to feel like I got it, I did it fully. There were um, three days of the tour that I did not spin. There are two rest days built in, um, so I, the days that I didn't spin actually didn't correspond with the rest days, but they were pretty close, and... So I mostly did what I said, which was spinning every day. And I said even just spinning 15 minutes, but like once I would sit down, sometimes I would spin for like an hour or two while watching a movie or TV. I talked about this, my Tour de Fleece project with you all in the last episode, but what it, here's what it was again. I'll try to condense it. I have two braids of fiber. They were from Goody Supply Company. Um, Jen Goody is in the spinning guild with us, my Tour de Fleece team is the Greater Los Angeles Spinning Guild. So Jen dyes colorways for an annual spin-along that we do in the guild. So she usually dyes a couple different colors and on a few different fiber preparations and people purchase them and they make, they spin it however, make a project, project or something. But you know, most of the time people do try to do interesting things, separate it in a different way. And in the past... I think I did kind of like, here's my two-ply based on the colorways. So I wanted to do something a little bit differently. So I ended up having two four-ounce braids. One is Shetland, 100% Shetland in the colorway Get Off My Rainbow, which is a lot of, like, very multicolored, but um, a lot of purples and pinks and greens and blues. And uh, not super vibrant. I mean, they're dark, saturated colors, but a little more muted, a little darker. And then I had a separate braid. She did the same colorway. This was, she did the same colorway in a different base, which was Shetland, Silk, and Pearl. And I can't quite remember the percentages. It's like, oh, here we go. 72% Shetland, 14% Pearl, 14% Silk. And that is just in the naked colorway, which was just undyed. And it's kind of a neutral 
off-white. So they are totally different fibers. The pearl and the silk really make that one really slippery. Not slippery, but shiny and sleeker, where the Shetland, 100% Shetland, as you'd guess, is like pretty grabby. And But so in any case, I tried to do like a weird makeshift makeshift gradient. I split, I did a three-ply, so I did three bobbins. The first bobbin is three quarters of the naked and then a quarter of the rainbow. Second bobbin is half rainbow, half naked, and then the other way around. And then the third bobbin is quarter naked, three quarters rainbow. So easy enough, you know, just trying to break it up into those sections. And then I spun it all pretty thin. Um, I was doing a three-ply and I was just going to see what I got. Um, I ended up with maybe sport to DK, maybe a sport weight. Um, I do think that the Shetland Pearl knit up, spun up a little bit thinner. Did it? I don't know. Any case, so I did three bobbins of those. That one, that took me seemingly forever just because I don't spin that much. And that was a lot of spinning for me to finish eight ounces. And then I plied it. And then before I plied it, one of the bobbins was a lot smaller than the other two. And I don't know what happened because I don't think that I spun one at like drastically different. So I think I somehow split the fiber wrong. Like I did the math wrong. It shouldn't have been that much math, but somehow it was. It was enough that I messed up pretty bad. So one of my bobbins was a lot smaller. I'm not quite sure what happened, but I ended up plying them anyway. When I plied all three bobbins, it starts with the the naked, all three strands of naked, and then as one of them ran out, one of them switched earlier, so then I had two plies of the naked and one ply of the rainbow, and then I had two plies of rainbow, one ply naked, and then just three plies of the color. But because my bobbins were so uneven, it ended up being a little bit of a mess. So I did a traditional three-ply for the first three quarters of the skein, and then one bobbin was completely done. So then I had to make a center pool ball out of one of my other bobbins, and then I plied still a three-ply, one ply off of a bobbin, and then the other two plies were from either end of the center pool ball to make my three-ply, which is a really annoying way to ply. I don't even really like plying from a center pool ball, but like having a third strand in there is a real hassle. And then once that center pole ball was done, then I just had one bobbin left and I chain plied, chain plied the very end of that, which means it goes from plain natural and then to barber pole and then barber pole with two colors and then three ply with three colors. And then at the very end, when I chain plied, it's like, you know, you're applying it with itself. So then the colors ended up kind of separating out into their own colors. Like I'll have a strand of all green and all purple. I think um, if you were a more meticulous person, you would do your chain ply as its separate skein. But I just kept going because it was, you know, kind of a gradient anyway, kind of a experiment. I just went for it. Okay, so here's the answer. Do I love it? That's okay. Um, I think because that neutral, natural color, I mean, it's not like it's white, it's natural. So overall, the skein has kind of a country feel to it. I like the plain white, I like, or plain natural, I like the natural with one strand. But once you get two strands of color and one natural, it looks a little kitchen cotton, I'll say. Like, as if that's a bad, as if that's like a slur kitchen cotton and a lot of times it lined up to where i'd have one strand purple one strand natural one strand green and just that combination really makes me think it made me think of a peaches sugar and cream colorway that i just remember having when i first started knitting so maybe that's it it's like a sage green and a medium purple and a natural um and then when you have all three colors together they're nice very you know jewel tony and then I really like it when it's just chain plied, of course, because that's like the least muddy way of looking at it. I haven't counted how many, how much yardage I have, but it's probably quite a bit. I don't know what I make with this, but maybe I could do like a large shawl of some kind that, you know, like a textured shawl, like not a lacy shawl. And then I just decide, yeah, which one I want is my center. 
yeah, we'll see. It's uh, I'm very happy with it. I mean, I'm happy that I finished it, and I'm I like the the experiment was fun. I don't know if it's like my most favorite yarn skein of yarn that I have here, but it was good. I'm happy with it. And that was what I completed. So that was my main Tour de Fleece project. And and it's done. It's even washed and everything. Okay, so my current fix. So what I'm currently working on. I'll just go right into my other spinning project. I had my last, one last thing I wanted to do because I had a few days left out of Tour de Fleece. So I spun up a bat that Nicole made me. So from Mork Made Fiber Company. It was a 2.8 ounce bat. It's like a natural merino, but then it has um, all kinds of like fun stuff in the carded into it. There's like layers of silk. I thought it was like felt almost more like soy silk, but I guess it was regular silk and like sparkle, like different Angelina. And there's some brown alpaca in it. So it's the natural color merino, but then the colors are like orange and yellow and red and pink and black. Um, but overall, it's very like a neutral thing. And it looks very similar similar to the yarn, the colors in the yarn for Jesse's wedding cardigan, but more more on the orange end instead of the pink end. I ended up spinning this pretty thinly, even though I do like how these bats look when they're spun thicker. I love the look. I mean, Nicole's really good at doing core spun yarn, so hers always look really awesome from these bats. But I just kind of did my regular, so I'll probably end up with like a fingering-ish weight when I apply this. I'm just going to apply it on itself. So actually later today, I'm going to wind this into a center pull ball, just like I said I don't love doing. And then I'm going to do a two-ply from either end of this bobbin. And it's nice to fit all in one bobbin. I spun at the guild meeting yesterday, and then... Yeah, finished up last night, so I'll apply tonight, hopefully. So that is uh, my Mork Made Fiber Company bat and my second and last project for Tour de Fleece. And then for my actual knitting, I'm working on, or let's say I finished the knitting of the baby Baby's Caftan by Debbie Bliss from an old Debbie Bliss Baby Knits book. I use Rowan Cotton Glass, Cotton Glacé, in a... Kind of deep purple. So now the hard part, even though I didn't love the knitting either, but the hard part is I need to do the embroidery. Embroidery, And it calls for like six different colors and it uses the same yarn that, you know, you knit with. So like a sport weight. So I was looking through anything similar from fingering to DK weight cotton that I had in my stash because it it's it's kind of like got a vine, vines and then flowers that are embroidered. And it kind of has the, yeah, like a Moroccan caftan or, but it also kind of makes me think of like, so like Mexican embroidered um, sundresses and shirts, which I love the look of. So that's what's next. I was looking through my stash of cotton last night to try to find colors that are going to work. And it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to find those, find something that'll work. So it's still kind of put on hold, but that's going to happen soon. I'm not quite sure. I might use like chalk or something to kind of draw an outline of where I want the embroidery to go because me actually just freehanding it seems a little, a little scary. So um, just to describe it, the baby's caftan, um, it's all stockinette. It's basically just like a little shirt, um, long sleeve baby shirt, but it has a, a vertical slit that's like three inches long at the neckline. So it looks like a caftan or you know, cotton pullover shirt. And then it has embroidery around the that neck slit, but also around the cuffs of the sleeves. The yarn I didn't, I mean, I didn't love knitting with it because it was knitted a pretty dense gauge cotton cotton yarn, just in back and forth stocking it. It was knit in pieces and then I had to seam it all together. My gauge was a little bit off from the pattern. So I ended up, I think I was doing like the second size, which is maybe like three to six month size. But then I followed the length measurements of the largest size, which is probably like a year, um, just because my row gauge was off. Yeah, it looks pretty big. I mean, this would fit like a seemingly a toddler <laughs> or one-year-old, but it's not really for a specific baby, so, and babies will grow into anything. So, oh well, that it doesn't fit, or that it's 
who knows what size. So yeah, so we'll see when that actually happens. I need to do the embroidery. But that's Baby's Caftan by Debbie Bliss. I started a new project. I started The Panda by Susan B. Anderson. This is the panda pattern that Annie and I kept talking about, and I think I've maybe talked about it before. Um, super cute. It's a stuffed animal. Um, knit out of fingering weight yarn, but it's pretty big. It's, let me see. The one I have here is like, he's like at least eight inches tall. So you start at the bottom, at the butt of the, the panda, and you do increases, like radial increases, and then knit up, and then you switch to a black for the little neck. And then I'm doing the head now. I'm using just some leftover yarn for my stash. I'm pretty sure it's Knit Picks Capretta in like the bear. So it's like a plain undyed yarn in, I think Capretta is like superwash merino with like a little bit of cashmere or nylon or something. Um, so it's pretty soft. And then instead of black, I'm using a Malabrigo sock in eggplant, which is like a deep purple. So I've done the body and I've just finished up the head last night. Actually need to seam it together. Um, I just posted a picture on Instagram because it looks really funny where I put stitch markers for eyes and nose because I'm going to do the embroidery. I kind of, I love the look of safety eyes, but um, if this does end up going to a little kid or a baby, then, you know, I'd want to do embroidered eyes instead of the safety eyes even though they're called safety eyes i think you're not supposed to give them to children because they're not safe which is weird um i did put a little bit of um rice rice in like a in a what do you call it saran wrap in the middle just because i wanted something to weight it and i've never gone out and bought those little plastic things to put at the bottom of a stuffed animal so it's nice kind of gives a little weight We'll see. It's hard because the pattern is like, do not overstuff. But if since it's not overstuffed, it's kind of lumpy looking. And maybe that's just the problem with polyfill. Just kind of lumps up. So he looks a little sloppy. <laughs> but maybe once he gets some arms. Right now he's kind of like a little peanut. So once he gets some arms and legs, um, he'll probably look a little better. I'm going to... then it, So the pattern actually comes... The panda is wearing like a really cute little hooded cardigan. And a lot of people are doing red and that's what Susan B. Anderson did in the pattern model. And I think I have to do red. I mean, red is such a classic Chinese color. So I feel like I want to make a red cardigan. I haven't quite decided. The pattern calls for fingering weight held double or you can use a worsted weight. I have some Elsbeth leveled silky wool which is a dk weight but i like the look that's kind of kind of tweedy so i'm gonna try that i think i'll probably need to double it but then hopefully i have enough because i only have a random 50 gram 50 gram ball of this yarn so we'll see if it's enough i don't really want to have to make almost the whole little cardigan and then run out but we'll see i have some other reds at home at home i have some other reds in my stash but this just feels like the perfect amount. It'd be great if I could do it. I think the pattern says that it's if you have a 50 gram ball of fingering weight, he'll double, that should be fine. But my yardage doubled on a DK weight will be a little bit different. So we'll see. So I haven't started that because I need to do the arms and legs first on the panda. I took, I kind of had to frantically start this because I was going, we were going with some friends to Universal Studios and I really wanted something to knit while in line. Um, and I didn't have anything stockinette on the needles or anything that's just like ready to take that didn't involve like multiple, like a pattern or multiple colors. So I ended up just starting this and working on the beginning of the body. We went to the Hogwarts, Hogwarts Hogsmeade or whatever, the whole Harry Potter world. And it was a lot of fun because I've been to Universal Studios in the last few years, but not since Harry Potter opened. Um, and they really did a great job with it. Um, we had some butter beer, which is pretty good. Like, does taste like cream soda, but had a slight chemical taste to it, but it was pretty tasty. And um, we did go on the Harry Potter ride. So it was like a two hour wait. Um, it said 100 minutes, but it felt like even longer than that. 
I knit through a good portion of that. And then they're like, put every, all loose items into these lockers, like for the ride. And so you're like, oh my gosh, we're almost starting. So you put away your phone and your and your knitting, in my case, into this locker. And then it turns out the line is like another hour. So man, would it be nice if that locker was a little bit closer to the actual ride instead of having all that time of no knitting or checking your phone. I mean, what do people do nowadays? We are with a group, um, you know, some of Lucas's friends and their families and stuff. So there was kind of a group of eight of us. So we were playing some like kind of car car type games um, that we kind of made Harry Potter themed for the for the occasion. So it was fine. I mean, the time passed by, but wouldn't it have been nice if I was knitting that whole extra hour? Um, and now I am stuck in the same same situation right now like we went to a movie the other night and i was like i don't have anything just plain stock in it and i could start i could start a sock i could start like a sock head sock head hat but i kind of don't want those things right now and so i really need to find a project to start now that's going to be just like my stock in it project to have on the needles just to take places to the movies or wherever i don't always knit in the movie theater because i do I don't like knitting when people are right next to me because I think it might be distracting for people because I am easily distractible and it would distract me if somebody was knitting next to me. <laughs> Maybe. But in any case, so that's what I need to do now is find a stock in a project, something mindless. And there's some sweaters I want to knit that have a lot of stock in it, but I feel like you have to do like color work first before you get there. So maybe I'll just have to start start a sock arms but of course you start with the most uninteresting part of that sweater which is the very bottom of the body which is just stocking it stocking a body so if i did a swatch i should just figure that out and start a sock arms to have just around with me and sock arms is by stephanie lotvin and she has a um adult version and a kid's version that's a plain stocking it body and then use a strand self-striping sock arm sock self-striping sock yarn for the arms so i don't know maybe that's what i'll have to start next so that's what i'm working on baby caftan panda by susan b anderson and finishing up that spinning of mork made fiber company bats so what i'm jonesing for it's been a little while so i have a few things one thing that i would love to start is the Penguino by Stephen West. This is a baby baby to kid size cardigan that's actually like the the child version of his Penguono, I think. P-E-N-G-U-O-N-O. Those, so that was a, an adult size cardigan. And it uses a lot of different yarns. It's like you know how he does a lot of like marled yarns or like two yarns held together, multiple yarns held together, a lot of moss or seed stitch, and then he has some like some welts. So it's one of those projects that's or patterns that's good for just using a lot of scraps, but it also means that they all kind of look crazy, like, you know, Stephen West stuff. So like um, all crazy, all different bits and bobsy yarns. But I think that it is, and I like the adult size one but the baby one penguino is so cute um it's a six euro download and somehow it makes me think of the 70s like all of these little kids like wearing these jackets of like different colors and these little vertical welts on them it's pretty cute so that's penguino by stephen west i have a couple other sweaters that i really liked um one came out like over a year ago or a couple years ago maybe it's the as if tea by shay johnson that's a seven dollar revelry download and this one um i liked it when it first came out but um she just recently re or updated it with an expanded size range so i've been seeing more of them and like some really cool like test knits in the larger sizes um it's a it's a little t-shirt i guess um it uses aran weight yarn for most of it but then it also uses like a lace mohair yarn for the top so it has the look of like wearing like a camisole over like a mohair uh see-through shirt so um the very top of the sweater is the mohair 
but then it has like triangular parts like for like a tank top over the over the breasts and then it's solid on the way down and i think you actually knit with your iron weight and the lace together on the triangles um which i had assumed it was all in target before but now you look at some and they do look like it's knit together but it's cute and i think it was like inspired by clueless which is why it's called as if like so that kind of 90s look of wearing um, multiple layers like a tank top over a t-shirt and there's yeah some really cute versions of it and another one is fishing for compliments which is a yoke sweater and it's by um here's i where i slaughter it it's um maschen wunder manja vogelsong um she's a german designer as you'd guess is seven dollars euro download and i think i favorited something of hers was chosen for one of her patterns um like a couple months ago it was like a bird called like bird song or something because of her name vogel song so fishing for compliments is a fingering weight sweater pullover it's a yoke sweater and it has like a school of fish like in a color work pattern all over color work pattern kind of a deep yoke and it looks really cool i like the look of the fish because they're not like just really simplified you know symbols of fishes but they kind of look i don't know they have cool faces kind of like sardine sardine like i don't know i like i like the looks of it it's a cool yoke sweater i'd love to do one of her yokes sweaters sometimes and then i have a shawl that i think came out a few years ago but maybe it was just on sale so i noticed it it's called dragonfly's path by jennifer weissman five dollar fifty cent download on ravelry this is a garter shawl or crescent shaped shawl in garter stitch fingering weight um so you do it regular in garter stitch and then it has a sideways knit on border it has kind of a scalloped edge and then it has like what looks like slip stitches but i think might be actual cable stitches on all around that scalloped edge that kind of to me look like a vertebrae or something kind of spine-like, but I think she was saying it's supposed to look like dragonfly, like a dragonfly flying around this path, which is why it's called dragonfly, dragonfly's path. Um, but it looks really nice, a lot of texture, and just that that cable pattern just looks very unique. I like the look of it on that shawl. Sorry for the noise outside. Um, I have just one crocheted pattern this time around. It's the Devon Hat, D-E-V-O-N, by, I can't read my handwriting, Wei Yan Huang. It's a $3 Ravelry download, even though I think I got it for free a little bit ago. It uses raffia. Um, it's like a wool in the gang, like raffia. And it's a little confusing because it looks like, in Ravelry it says it's a sport weight. But then the pattern calls it an Aran weight. So it's raffia yarn and it's crocheted, but it makes like a straw hat. Like a. So it has the shaped top and a brim. And she has like a, you know, like a woven hat band around it. And it really, that really ties it together. I think it would need something like a ribbon to go around it, but that's not in the pattern. Um, but just how she shaped this hat, it looks pretty cool. And it's. Um, size for from babies to adults and man it looks cute on a bait like a baby wearing a little straw hat you know crocheted hat um just yeah cute pattern that's the devon hat by wei yang huang and then a couple toy patterns of course um one is cat in a bag by anna hrachovic who's uh, mochi mochi land um, this is a $6 Ravelry download, but it's for like an ebook. So there's four different cats in the, e- the little ebook or whatever in the pattern. There's cat in a bag. So these are all like small, like the tiny, tiny Mochi Land ones where they're like, you know, just like an inch or so high, inch or less than two inches high. So one is like a cat inside of a knit bag, like a little plastic bag, but knit. And then one, it's a cat laying, sitting in a box. And then one's a cat in a life preserver. And then the fourth one is a cat in a corset, which is just the silliest one, of course. But I like that even the cats are different. Like, they're, there's a different cat in, in Cat in the Box, as, and he looks different from the cat in a bag. So, you know, just kind of, like, silly patterns, but they're really cute. 
And then the last toy pattern is uh, Baby Bok Choy by Susan Elizabeth Kellner. Um, she's Rabbit Hole Knits, and I'm in her Ravelry group. And she's just so um, generous with, like, free patterns if you're doing knit-alongs every month. And so it's like, if you like her patterns, you should definitely just join her Ravelry group because they do a knit-along every month. And, yeah, so this one actually is a free pattern just all the time. It is this DK weight. It is knit, but it makes, like, a little baby bok choy stock. So, like, if you've already knit, like, the um broccoli or other vegetables like this would be a cute little addition if you had like a kid and you're making like a whole like farm set or grocery set for them it uses it has two colors so it's white for like the bulb of the bok choy and then green on the leaves and then you do have to do intarsia on the leaves or you don't have to but it calls for intarsia on the leaves so it has that distinctive like white in the center of the leaf and then green on the outside like light green um so yeah that's baby bok choy by sarah elizabeth kellner and those are the patterns that i'm jonesing for right now besides something that like simple that i can just start right away <laughs> don't I barely have to swatch for okay so re-ups i do have a few things um i was talking about tour de fleece earlier so i was in the greater los angeles spinning guild team Steffi Joe is her Ravelry name. She's the team leader for our guild, and she's just awesome and very motiva- motivated, but just she gets really into it and creates prizes for everybody, which is last year we I got in a little, like, nitty-naughty that had been, like, laser-etched with, like, the logo and stuff in them. Um, just, like, a little small, like, flat nitty-naughty. And this time she made stitch markers for everybody that participated, So these are like the lobster clasp type stitch markers, but um, a couple of them have little spinning wheel charms on them, and there's a sheep. And then she even had these ones made that have the guild logo, but then say Tour de Fleece 2019 on them. And they're so cute, you know, and they're packaged on like with a big safety pin. So, so adorable, and she just does a great job. That group was super active like the Ravelry group in the guild was like constantly showing off what they're doing I only posted a few times just to say like oh here's what I'm working on right now um I didn't quite have the time to like check in all the time be a cheerleader but it was a very active group so it was a lot of fun and at the meeting we kind of did like a picture of what everybody spun and people man were busy like we filled up more than we filled up like one and a half like large tables with just the yarn that was spun during the f- tour and a lot of members had donated prizes and so there was a, basically a prize for like everybody some people had made project bags and some people donated fiber and there's even some chocolate bars and just you know um it was really sweet so there's just kind of did a random drawing and actually i ended up being the last person called up to get a prize but it it's cool not like I paid to participate or anything, but in any case, um, and there's still something awesome up on the table. So I ended up getting um, a braid of Anzula fiber. It's a Superwash BFL, and it's in the ducky colorway, and it is yellow, like full-on yellow, real bright yellow, but not fluorescent. Um, and it, a lot of the stuff is yellow because the team leaders on Tour de Fleece wear yellow shirts. So that's the thing. Oh, sorry, I said Tour de Fleece. But in Tour de France, like, the the lead bicyclists wear yellow. So there's a lot, like, the stitch markers have some yellow component, and they're in a cute, like, yellow chiffon bag. And so, yeah, the fiber is super yellow, like, traffic cone. No, traffic cones are orange, aren't they? I don't know. <laughs> Caution tape, yellow. But I... Mm-hmm. Still, I'm into it. I like that color. I like yellow. So, very cool, very unnecessary prize, but very welcome. My mom was in town for, you know, barely at all, because she was coming in to just uh, cheer me up. So she came in, um, and we went to the Knitting Tree in LA, which is down near LAX, kind of. So I ended up getting some sail yarn there, actually, which is was Neighborhood Fiber Company, um, two skeins of their Capital Luxury Lace, which is 80 wool, 10 cashmere, 10 nylon. So 560 yards each. And there's 
both skeins are in the color Woodberry, which is a very light blue, like kind of cotton candy blue, you know, with a slight tonal differences. They're, the two skeins look a little bit different, so I'm not sure if I would alternate or what. But if it's a lace shawl, it might not be that obvious. And, I mean, now I have... I don't know, more than 1,100 yards, so do something with it. So that was for my mom. Um, neighborhood Fiber Company, Capital Luxury Lace. I went to the Twist Yarns of Intrigue sale. This is like their 12th, an 12th anniversary sale, maybe. Um, so there's 20% off everything. So I did buy a sweater quantity of Malabrigo Arroyo, which is their sport weight superwash, and the Matisse Blue colorway, which is like vibrant blue like so bright blue and maybe i'd be best served if i got a contrast color to pair it with but i'm not sure i have four skeins of it so i have a whole sweater's worth of this like extremely blue blue i guess i also got a couple like you know 25 grams balls of mohair that she dyes there in a black gray and a purple it does come in a kit so you can do like a stockinette tube of the mohair where they kind of radiate from one to the next and that could be my simple stockinette project if i wanted to or i could just use the yarn for something else it wasn't it was in a kit but it was like basically the price of three skeins of yarn i also did buy some i did buy some yarn from a d stash um i guess i'm not gonna use her name but she was a ravelry member who had reported like the one of those trump hats as um offensive and then it got back to her and she kind of got like i guess they call it doxxed you know where like her public her personal information got released on the internet and she was being harassed she got kicked off instagram because instagram because some you know it was report she was reported as breaking the instagram rule terms of policy or whatever um even though that's she hadn't it was just kind of false reporting and she was doing selling off a lot of her stash just because i think she wanted to start fresh but i think a lot of the dyers really hadn't um, made their stance on diversity and inclusion known so she was selling off her de off her stash and then 50 percent of all of her proceeds were going to go to i always forget how it's pronounced racist racist which is helping out immigrants up, down at the border i think it's a texas-based organization so i mean i you know i don't didn't need more yarn but the yarn looked nice and like 50 percent of it going to this cause that i really support so i got two kind of random skeins of like bright like of like speckly yarns i don't know the dyers because she didn't um keep the tag or put the tags in there pretty cool like fluorescenty speckles and then also just like a mixed bag of some other like worsted weight yarns and another like a yellowish fingering weight but mostly I just kind of wanted, well, I like my new stash, but I realized that I haven't really had a chance to make any formal announcement. And I just wanted to say that I do support Ravelry's decision to ban support talk of President Donald Trump. And because, first of all, they're a private company, they can do what they like um, on their own form. But also, yeah, and I don't care personally. I mean, like if you are conservative i don't want you to be turned off from listening but i do i do draw the line I, obviously at hate speech and i want this to be a safe space for everyone so i want to say right now that i do not condone any hate speech and nobody's ever said anything on my boards because we don't people don't chat on my boards that often but i just really want it to be known that this is where i stand any sort of racist hate speech or anything is not okay and even though i'm saying um open to all it's not an open place for racism or open conversation about of, of that so um a lot of people have said this much better but i just wanted to throw it out there in some form that i support ravelry i support people of color bipoc okay i'm gonna segue from my unpolished speech there to just uppers and downers um, I haven't, I've been seeing stuff, but I've been bad about writing it down. Um, we've seen a few things in the theater. We saw yesterday the Danny Boyle movie. Um, I hadn't really felt like planned on seeing it, but a group was going and it was cute. It's the premise is that like, you know, there's some sort of weird, like global blackout and this guy wakes up and then 
all of a sudden like nobody knows who the Beatles are. Like he's mentioning the Beatles, but they're not, nobody understands what he's talking about. And he's a singer songwriter who has never quite made it big. So he just kind of starts performing some of the songs and, um, you know, he kind of like hits it big and he's like trying to remember all the lyrics to all the different songs and stuff from the Beatles. And it's just a cute kind of how to, I mean, I, even though I love the Beatles, I kind of roll my eyes about anything Beatle themed, like, oh, here we are again, like just capitalizing on the world's most popular band. But yeah, it was cute. And I thought the main actor was great. I sadly don't know his name. But yeah, so it was like not groundbreaking, but pretty cute. And it was written by, um, you know, the guy that wrote like Love Actually and all those about time and, you know, all those romantic comedies and stuff. Robert, something, Richard, something, I don't know. Um, so that was yesterday. The other night we saw Spider-Man Far From Home, which took us a little while to see. And it was really cute. I mean, those, these Spider-Man movies, like, I don't feel like they're, like, necessary in, like, the Marvel universe, but, like, they're always a nice addition, and there's always a lot of humor, and I like this, names are escaping me today, but I like this young, young Spider-Man, he's really funny, and it's definitely worth seeing, especially if you're a Marvel person, and I see all of these movies, and it's we're surprised it took us so long. We're gonna go see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this evening. And we're going to go see it in the Cinerama Dome in 70mm. So we're actually going to go see it in Hollywood, which feels good. It, it would have been nice to go to eat like at Musso and Frank's, which is one of those Hollywood establishments that's just like down the street. Because I know that, that that bar is in the movie. But yeah, so it's fun that we'll go see it like where it's... I feel like it'll be like Michelle mentioned seeing Jackie Brown and then like being in the theater that she saw in the movie. So I feel like we'll probably see the Cinerama Dome like somewhere in the movie, which will be kind of fun when we're sitting in there watching it. And since I'm like a little bit of a format snob, I'm excited to see it in 70 millimeter too. I always haven't been doing that much. I watched Love season two on Netflix, which is from a while ago. Um, I started watching the TV show Legion, which I didn't even realize what it was necessarily, but it is like X-Men related. Um, There's like a, the main character is in a mental hospital because he has like schizophrenia and he has, but he gets removed somehow. And it turns out maybe he's just been, he's a mutant the whole time. You know, he's like a super powerful mutant. So, you know, there's other mutant stuff. There's, um, it's all very stylized about like what's in his mind. And, um, it's pretty cool. It's on FX. And what's weird is the main character, which I wouldn't even put together is the same guy from Downton Abbey from, Matthew from Downton Abbey, even though he looks like a lot younger. My mom always jokes about how they try to make actors, or she once joked about how they make actors try to look young by adding bangs, and I think about it all the time. <laughs> so we're like, oh, they put bangs on him, so now he looks like he's in his 20s instead of his 30s, um, even though it's like seven years later. And I didn't imagine that I would like him, but I do like him in Legion. So I watched the first season and on Hulu, I think, and there's like two, at least one more on Hulu. Uh, we watched Widows last night. It just became came available on HBO. Um, that's the Steve McQueen directed, written and directed movie um, with Viol- Viola Davis as kind of the main character, putting together a group with a couple other women. Her husband is like Liam Neeson and he was had like a crew doing a heist and then when they all die she kind of puts together the widows because they all need money or you know the money that was stolen is now on their shoulders. So in any case that was good. I really liked all the performances and that's pretty good. I watched Vice on Hulu which is the movie from last year about Dick Cheney and it's interesting but like hard to like i mean just watching a movie about somebody you don't like and then at the very end it's kind of has a weird tone where you're like oh it's okay he was doing this all for us and i mean i think it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek but instead it feels like it apologizes for him even though it's supposed to be kind of a um i don't know it was just kind of a weird tone like i don't know why it doesn't really need to be seen and we finally saw Hunt for the Wilder People, which is, um, it's on Hulu now. It's the Taika Waititi, 
um, directed movie with this teenager who was also in Deadpool 2, but I can't remember his name. And that was really cute. And I think that I don't really have a celebrity crush right now, but I feel like um, if I tried just a tiny bit, it would my new one would be Taika Waititi because I think he's awesome. Um, we're slowly making our way through Broad City on Hulu and then also Better Call Saul. We just finished what's available on Netflix, but we know there's at least another season that we need to watch that's not available. Oh, and I finally finished a book, too. Um, you know how I said I had to read six books over the year, which was a stupid, a ridiculous goal, but I think I, I think this is three, at least, so I'm halfway. I'm a little more than halfway through the year, though, so I better get moving. Time to do some short ones. So I just finished um, Carter Beats the Devil by Glenn David Gold. This came out, I think, in 2001, and I've had it on my bookshelf for a while. It's a novel, but set in actual historical setting with actual historical characters. Um, it's kind of about the life of Charles Carter, who is a magician in the 20s. But it also has, like, it's kind of interesting because it'll introduce characters, and then only later you'll be like, oh, that was um, the Marx Brothers, you know, or um brings in other things and so i am curious about how much was actually based on history because obviously the most of it's a lot of it's fictionalized but it's based on real events so it's good i mean it's a long book but it clips by really fast you know i don't know if 700 pages or something but it goes by really fast and i was getting pretty into reading it i've also read um sunnyside by glenn david gold which is um kind of chaplin charles chaplin and like a war, more of like a World War One setting. Um, but I like his writing. I mean, I don't know if it's anything groundbreaking, but it's very enjoyable. It's kind of a big book when it came out, maybe, but I'm just now reading it. Um, so yeah, now I need to decide what my new book will be. There's a number of them on the bookshelf, so just time to grab one. I think I'm going to leave it right there. This ended up being a long one. So, um, the complicated along is still going on. I mean, really that can go on forever since those are supposed to be projects that are really long-term projects. Um, I'll get back to mine and I'll start, um, maybe I'll get a prize together for a chatter thread or something. Anyway, so keep participating keep, uh, working on those complicated projects. You can find the show notes at skeinenable.com. You can find me on Ravelry as No Dice. You can find me on Instagram as No Dice 11. You can join in our Ravelry group at, um, search for the Skein Enable podcast group under the groups tab. And have a great couple weeks. All right, bye. Thank you.